Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Lainey, and welcome to the Lainey Gossip Podcast for Sasha Answers. Hey, what's going on? We were uh, away last week, but we're back. We are. We um, we couldn't get our scheduling right because nope. uh, Duane and I went to New York, um, and then Met Gala. Then it was Met Gala, and both of us. I mean, you produce the fashion segments for, like for E Talk, and then we have been writing all night. Yes, you're um, delirious a bit. I can tell. I'm a little bit delirious. I haven't slept since Sunday. You. So you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, and we are taping on Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yeah. So we've just wrapped the Met Gala coverage. Why did coverage. you sleep on Sunday? What um, do you mean? Wait, no. Yeah, like I slept Sunday night and okay. then woke up Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then haven't, didn't sleep on Monday and then, yeah, Met Gala. Okay. So what did you think? Because I, you texted me, I think, two hours into arrivals and you were like, uh, this fucking sucks. Everybody sucks. Because, well, I sent you like just… Uh, some Z's yes. for Giselle because that was the first picture I'd seen. I, uh, yeah. And I was like, this is so fucking boring. And it makes me, I hate that I'm angered by fashion because yeah. that sounds so frivolous. But I love being angered by fashion. But I was like, fuck you lazy fucks. Like you're given all this opportunity to like wear anything you want and you come in like a slip dress. Like it's just so annoying. It's just so boring. Yeah. And it makes me just think like celebrities are just these like useless tools who get told what to do and they do it. Like you see the odd person who actually has input, right? Like the Solanges or yeah. the fucking bow down to Rihanna's. But other than that, yeah, but I would think someone like Giselle doesn't get told because, you know, she makes more money than Tom does. Yes. Like, she is the top model. She doesn't have to do, what, Victoria's Secret anymore. She no longer does runway. Right. She really only does editorial. She's fucking made her money. Like, she is the gold standard of models. So don't tell me that she was like, oh, okay, Stella, I'll just wear this. Fuck no, off. But That's that, what she wanted to wear. But that just equates to the fact that I think she's a boring person. Uh, uh, we put a pin in that. Okay. About her being a boring person. <laughs> okay. um, so... So who did you, like, besides Giselle, who did you despise? Um, I despised her. I despised Selena. I despised um, J-Lo. I, despised, yeah. I despised everybody who just didn't go hit, with theme. Hit, yeah. Um, someone, so I wanted, I was curious though. Like, of course, we, I think we were probably like a lot of the same sort of risk takers. But if you had to wear any gown that you saw, which one would it Where be? Where am I going though? You're going, you're going to the Met. You're going to the okay. Met. And you're, and you're going as Lainey. You're not going as yeah. Beyonce. Who, I, what would you wear? I would probably, like for me, Solange. Okay. Yes. That, is, that is you. That is me. Yes, like I live true. in a parka jacket. Yeah. Like I wore literally my parka. Even I wore it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday was May 1st. Yeah. Um, I wore it yesterday. So, um, even Yasik is nodding. That's actually what I would wear. That, that I 
co-sign that. And those those shoes are totally, totally my you. jam. Yeah. See, okay, there you so go. How about you? I would have worn Dakota Johnson's. I feel like that would be yeah, what that, I would have chosen. That is your aesthetic. Right? Yeah. Maria didn't like it which, on her site. Yes, I saw that and I disagree with her, yeah. which is fair. But that would have been the dress that I would have picked. Yeah, I could see you in that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, I think that they did a good job on that construction. I thought it was beautiful. Um, also with being whimsical. And the bursts of like flowers yes. coming out of the shoulder is very calm. Yeah. Or Come big garçon, CDG. Yeah. Yasik's <laughs> yeah. like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> We're still talking fashion. Um, but I, yeah, it made me, just like you, it made me angry. Like, this is the opportunity to be weird. Like, yeah. when you have a theme like this, and then when the, the Met actually says to you, avant-garde, Jessica Chastain. Oh, like, why? Uh, uh, why? You and you nailed, I, I think it was you who nailed, nailed it. It was totally Beauty and the Beast. Totally. And, but I guess it really falls on the designers. Like, the designers need to up their fucking game. Um, right? Because these are the people that are invited to, to dress people, and they're just kind of like, I don't know. Like, oh, I think their problem is that, like, they want to be represented at the event, and they have their celebrities that they, you know, invite to sit at their table to mm-hmm. wear their clothes. But they have their aesthetic, right? They have their line. Like, Selena Gomez wore Coach, and Coach isn't in the business of red carpet. So it was, like, probably a custom design specifically just for her to go in Coach, but they just don't have the background. Like, they're just kind of taking it from the materials that they have in their warehouse to make other garments. But you would have thought that they could have done something good, especially… Well, anyway, she was a snooze. Fucking Lupita was a snooze. Lupita uh, was a huge disappointment. Like, yeah, every, it just it was just blah, boring. Boring. Here's the thing, though. Will I say? Well, I will say that it was like these people were boring, and it made us angry. And I like being angry because, like, that's what you get to talk about. You right. get to like fucking yell at them and be like, "What the fuck, Diane Kruger?" Yeah. <laughs> Can I just? I mean, I I have already said this on the blog, but I just want to elaborate. Because, I don't know, I've gotten a few people saying, wow, what an overreaction. It's not. Because Diane Kruger is on the list of, like, fab, like, you know, best, all, you know, she gets Chanel, she gets Jean-Baptiste Valley, and now I don't understand why. It's not interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Like, to me, if I have Solange, Tracy Ellis Ross, Rihanna, Zoe Kravitz, all the women who, like, really brought it, um... I, why would I need Diane Kruger? Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's way more fashion risk takers than Diane Kruger. Oh, what did you think of Bella Hadid and then Selena? Like, what do you think of the revenge Strategy? outfit? <laughs> yeah. Because that was all about, look at my body. I think Bella Hadid could have done better. I didn't like that outfit anyway. But yeah, if we're talking about frame by frame, who brought the sex appeal? Obviously Bella. But it's interesting to note that who you can have all the sex appeal in the world the weekend's down for Selena's cause. Like, he, there is nobody he's more into than her. He was smiling on the red carpet. That dick bag hasn't smiled on a red carpet ever. Yeah. Let alone the fact that he was kissing her on the red carpet blew my mind. Like, and high school kissing. Like, yes. sweetie pie kissing. Yeah. Like, just it, the tips of your little, like, and like of nuzzling your mouth yeah. and like hair touching, which I quite enjoy in a candid sense. But they knew every yeah. eyeball was on them and they were like, they went to their prom. Yeah. What killed me was the PDA. Okay, so you're, there's your conventional PDA, like hand holding and nuzzling mm-hmm. and whatever, gross. 
But then there's the eyes closed PDA. Oh, I can't. I can't. Like, you, did you see those I, pictures? Yes, where she looks like she's like, like, like so, so blissed, blissed out. out. Oh. Yeah. But this is what's so funny. If Celine, well, it's not funny. It's fucking gross. But the fact that Celine and The Weeknd brought that and J-Lo and A-Rod didn't, like that just, <laughs> oh, if you think about point. that, like Jennifer Lopez is the queen of that. And she didn't even stoop to that. That, that. That's just to me, it was like, I'm all for PDA. Like it's, it's interesting. It's cute. I, I don't personally love doing it, but I understand why there are some couples who feel like that. That was just like, I don't know. It was, it was suspect. It was suspect. I totally agree that it was suspect. And like, I think it was a performance, obviously, mm-hmm. for Bella's benefit. Like, oh, we know she's going to be here. This is our first official red carpet. We got to turn it on right. and crank it up. But I, like, uh, where do you go from there? I don't know. I, you mean in terms of, like, their relationship? Where does it yeah, go? Yeah. They are on a J-Lo track. Like, J-Lo and A-Rod have been dating a minute. Yeah. Like, five, maybe. Yes. And they've already done the family thing, the kids thing. This is their first official red carpet. So it is like as official as can be. Mm-hmm. Same with Selena and The Weeknd. Yeah. Like there is something to withholding for a while. I mean, I'm not talking Gwyneth and Chris who never walked a red right. carpet together right. ever. Right. But I get it. Like waiting for six months or waiting for three months. But this was like immediate. And it was like, a, it was just a lot. It was a lot of cheesiness. I Can just you found it really cheesy. also tell that they probably talked about it like yes, six weeks ago or like as soon as they fell of in love course. and were like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. And we're going to make our big drop at the Met Gala and it's going to be so amazing. And beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then equally as gross was Giselle and um, what's his face? Tom Brady, which you told me to put a pin on it. So can I release that pin? Okay. So... I I have to maybe call myself out a little or admit that, hi, Lara. So Lara, our friend Lara, yes. and I, 10 years ago, it's our 10-year anniversary yes, of I know covering she, the Met Gala. I was with her last night. She also talked about that milestone. So we were together, and it was like the greatest moment in our careers at that point because, mm-hmm. of course, we love fashion. We love the Met Gala, and we just loved watching like, nobody stops to talk to you, really. So you can just <laughs> no. go, essentially, to, like, be right up, like, right up close and personal with the dresses and whatever. Um, and that's when we got rejected by Anna Wintour. Yes. Um, so, like, we have seen, 10 years ago, we watched Tom and Giselle, mm-hmm. like, do their thing. And it wasn't annoying. In fact, we, we were obsessed. We couldn't stop talking. We couldn't stop staring. I don't know when they made the turn to annoying. It was that for you too, right? I've always loved Giselle. And then now more and more I'm like, oh, you just sound like, I don't know. She sounds like a, like now she's like a mix of a Stepford wife, a bit of like, again, as I said earlier in this podcast, like really boring. Like she wasn't like this fun Brazilian, like dancing, awesome chick. Now she's just like really square. But she's with a really squarey, stupid husband. You're totally right because she's almost like um, a little bit of, hey, I'm still cool and I still ca- like I still talk in cool slang. Mm. Like she, you know that interview when she was talking to Andre Leontali and she's like, 100% sustainable, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> like Celine Dion's cooler than fucking Giselle oh, Bunchen. Please, nobody <laughs> is cooler than Celine Dion. No, I know. Nobody. Yeah, with no ir- irony. I no know. irony. Like, yeah. we're, we adore her, yes. right? You would, like, throw yourself out of a truck. Yes. yes. For Celine Dion. Yes. And suddenly, like, 
Giselle, Giselle's become so corny. Yeah, really corny. And Tom, and I think part of the problem too is that Tom Brady is a Trump supporter, which has made me uh-huh. have added another layer of like disdain for them. And like when they drop, when he dropped, well, actually, Andre Leon Talian Bear was the one who said bootylicious. But hearing fucking stupid Tom Brady say bootylicious also was just a. Big, I will never be the same. No, I, I, hate, I didn't like that. I hate, I don't like them. Mark my words. Of what? I just don't like oh, Tom Brady and Giselle. <laughs> I was like, Mark, your, what? What are you predicting? No, I was like, no, no. <laughs> it was just mark my words that I don't like them. <laughs> that made no sense. But Maybe. Is it. it jealousy, though, because they're so perfect? No. Like, she's I, hot, he's hot. I think she's hot. I don't think he's hot. I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous of that, because now I know that their lives are really boring. Okay, so what did you think of Tracy Ellis Ross? Loved it. Right? Because she brought it. She brought it. Yes. So I wrote that I love that coat um, just because, you know, it's structure, it's total, well, it's come to Garçon, so yeah. of course it's on theme. <laughs> yeah. But when you look at that coat, it is extremely versatile. In, in terms of what? Like you could wear it day to night? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would… I, I mean, would, it would take somebody pretty like unique to pull that off day to night. Sure, but… I would, okay, let's take Tracy Ellis Ross, who wore it, and she wore it really well. She wore it to the Met Gala. Mm -hmm. If she put on a pair of Adidas, she could go, like, wherever, right? Brunch. So what I wrote was, like, like, you can actually take this coat to a few places. Like, work, work dinner. And people know like you this. Brunch friends. Well, we got a little, like… really? Yes, which I love. Like, I mean, keep sending us this. We want your letters. Even if you… You can feature them on this? Yeah. Well, even, like, we say, yell at us, shout at us. Right. Let's argue about fashion. But I never hear about it. It's the most fun thing, right? To fight about fashion. Okay, so check this out. So this is from Jen. Hi, Jen. Um, (laughs) Lainey, you are out of your mind if you think that you could wear Tracy Ellis Ross's dress to, (laughs) quote, whatever real-life occasion you need to take it to. Work, work dinner, friend dinner, brunch. If you're feeling yourself picking up the kids, a date, a family gathering… Fuck, you can wear it on the school run with a pair of sneakers. It all works. Um, she said, I would buy two, maybe three of the things in that list, but the entire thing is fucking ridiculous. Uh, okay, <laughs> I totally disagree. Like, like I said, throw on a pair of Adidas and that becomes an entirely different look, still as dope. But the point is, is that, in that, in that jacket, that coat is like a glorified raincoat. Yes, 100%. I agree. I, I, there, are lo- there are lots of things that… Well, you have to have, like, a bit of swag, right? So, Jen… But you would have swag to pick that design anyway. Right. But Jen probably isn't, like, a super fan of that entire outfit anyway. Not to say that Jen has, like, no fashion sense. Right. But, like, that's obviously just not her bag. Like, you can pull off things that… Like, you would think that you can pull off fucking Solange's… Duvet cover. Well, I would fucking and, try. And ice skates. I mean, Not I'll say this that. right now. I could pull off the ice skates and the parka more than I could pull off, like, Giselle's dress. That's true. I'm never going to wear <laughs> Giselle's dress. I'm sorry. So, I'm, I'm looking at Tracy Ellis' Ross. Tracy so Ellis' Ross. So, uh, to, to me, if you are the kind of person who's going to pull up and buy that Come des Garçons Tracy Ellis Ross jacket, then you're going to work it. And it's also every, just, it's just a shawl with like, yeah. a, like a high mock neck. It's nothing like too crazy. It's, listen, again, it's a glorified raincoat yeah. with really great structure. Like that pocket on the left-hand side is 
amazing mm-hmm. that droops a little bit, yep. asymmetrical. Um, yeah, it's essentially a pop-up high collar, but you have to actually just imagine it. The problem is, is that, you know, you have to be able to like imagine where it's going to go. Yes. And I think that, for instance, 20 years ago, nobody was imagining people wearing dresses with sneakers. Of course. And now yeah. it is like, go to Vogue, go to any fashion website. All they're talking about is wearing Stan Smith's with like the fanciest business yeah. suit. Um, like you, right now, people are wearing Stan Smith's, this, the Adidas sneaker, yeah. with like $2,000 business suits. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people are wearing… Thank God it's the look too. Yeah, God. and thank God it's the look. It's super comfortable. They're wearing… You're wearing all… Yeezys. You're wearing all kinds of sneakers with like very, very pretty, pretty, yeah. fancy dresses. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is 20 years ago, nobody imagined that. You just have to try it. So again, this Come Day Garçon jacket… Yeah. Every day. <laughs> Let's go. Or a pair of Oxfords. Yeah. Stan Smith's, Oxfords, Moto Boots. In fact, this jacket almost goes with every shoe. You could do a sandal with it. <laughs> I agree. You're like preaching to the choir here. I know, like but I, at me. like, get Jen, me. these are the kinds of… Um, I want more of these. …letters that we… Do you want another one? Yeah, but what's the one that's like a little bit more angry? Really? Damn, look at angrier tone. <laughs> um… Elise wrote to us, and she was angry, but not at us. Okay. She's angry at Anna Wintour. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Time for the Wintour to secure the right to personally prevent any asshole who shows up dressed like a fucking idiot drowning in (laughs) seafoam, J-Lo, or covered in Coral Paltrow from actually getting in. These types will add zero to the party anyway. Well, I get it, but at the same time, we We need those people. We need those people… We really, really, really need those people so that, like, we can fucking shit on them. Yeah, we need the juxtaposition. But that's what's so annoying. Like, I hate that I'm I'm filled with, like, such disdain. But if they left me, I would be so sad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, one more. Mm -hmm. This is from Sharon. Did you, um, before I say this, though, you have to have seen it. Did you see Caroline Kennedy's dress? Uh, She was also wearing cum, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so Sharon says her worst dress, I felt that it was Caroline Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And Sharon, I have to say you're wrong. I disagree firmly, vehemently. It's hard, right? Because it wasn't figure flattering. It wasn't like a beautiful moment. But again, that's not what that event is about. That's not a, what Come to Carson is about. So, in fact, she hit the nail right on the fucking head. She did. Like, you know, Ray uh, Kawakobo uh, actually made a point of not doing body con and not doing figure flattering. Like, I think… Pharrell's fucking wife. Exactly. (laughs) It was Gumby or whatever, (laughs) right? To me, too, also, again, going back to fucking Giselle, if Caroline Kennedy the daughter of JFK and Jackie could wear something so off, like off the main track. What the fuck is Giselle doing? Why do we hate Giselle so much? I found it really insulting. Yes, I did too. I did too. Especially Um, that she was co-chair anyway. Anyway, (laughs) shall we? Yes, we shall. Okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, first question. Hi, Sasha and Lainey. A few years ago, I suffered a trauma that caused me to develop PTSD. I've received treatment. Shout out to the amazing staff at CAMH, and I'm doing really well. I'm doing so well, in fact, that I'm thinking about starting to date again. My question is this, how soon is too soon to discuss my traumatic experience? Obviously, acts of violence aren't exactly first date talking points. Hi, I'll have a gin and tonic. Now let me tell you about the worst experience of my life. But if I did start seeing someone on a regular basis, it's something I'd want them to know about in order to put some things into context. For example, I'm left with a pretty exaggerated startle response to loud noises, running footsteps, and screaming. And I'm worried that I'll come across as overdramatic to someone who doesn't know about my history. But I also don't want to freak someone out by laying this on them way too early. Any suggestions? Am I just overthinking this? And it's one of those, you'll know when the time is right things. Thanks so much, P. Hi, P. Hi, P. Thanks for sharing this with us. I, well, I think it's actually quite timely because it's Mental Health Week. Uh, you've also been dealing and have been open about um, some of the stuff that you've been dealing with with a close friend. I mean, I feel like I have lots of people who deal with mental health issues all the time, me included. I've had my, my time as well. And I think I don't want to sound like wishy-washy or just like kind of loosey-goosey with the advice, but I think what she said, our, reader, our writer P, about you'll know when the time is right, I think that that is uh, the truth here. Like I think you'll be in a conversation with someone and you'll just know, you'll start to delve deeper into your lives, into your personal lives, what you've gone through. And that's when you can reveal those things. I think those things happen naturally. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're right. I think that, yes, to me, that is the answer. It's like with anything. When do you start talking about your family? When Mm -hmm. do you start talking? It's whenever you feel comfortable. And again, as you said, when the time is right. I do understand, though, where P is coming from Mm -hmm. in the the sense that, you know, you have – uh, gone through this mental health issue, you're on this, uh, the, uh, you're on the other side, and yet we all know that mental health is not treated in the same way as physical health, mm-hmm. and we all carry around certain assumptions. And as she said, you don't want to freak someone out. Mm-hmm. And uh, like to me, it's part of our work and our ongoing awareness and having this discussion is to normalize the fact that lots and lots and lots of people um, struggle with their mental Mm -hmm. health and experience depression and PTSD and anxiety anxiety and whatnot. And the thing is, is that I recently got a great piece of advice about talking about mental health and trying to remove the stigma around it. You wouldn't feel weird Um, or as weird, disclosing to somebody that you broke your ankle Mm -hmm. or have a headache or have migraines. Mm -hmm. So if we are to get to a place where we see mental health and physical health and struggles on both ends the same way, because it is an illness, it's happening to your body, then we have to be able to make those um, 
make those equivalencies, I guess, Mm -hmm. and draw this, you know, draw our behavior around that fact. Yeah. So to me, yes, do it, pee, do it when the time feels right, for sure. But also remember in your own language, and we all have to do this, that it has to be a normalized part of conversation. Which I really feel, and I don't, I don't want to undermine people's feelings, but I really do feel like there are major strides being made, more so than ever. Like, I almost feel like mental health has become, like, a popular topic of conversation. Like, so many people in the spotlight, so many celebrities are coming out talking about it. And I almost feel like it's, like, it's, well, I do. I feel like it's a lot more acceptable. I mean, I just did an interview with Kelly Oxford today, and, like, her whole book is about her anxiety attacks. Um, and people are really talking about it. And I think it's like, at least for me, I feel like, especially with my friend group uh, and people I don't even know, like I would be totally fine to talk about my depression. Granted, not as extreme as our reader or, mm-hmm. or many people out there, but I actually think it's an interesting topic of conversation yeah. and a commonality because everybody's fucked up. Everyone's had some screwy background. Everybody has some sort of trauma in their life yeah. that they can relate to. So I think it's like, yeah. like, don't be, I mean, that's that's the running theme here is like breaking down the stigma and not being embarrassed by it because there's nothing wrong with having a life story. No, I think that that's where we want to get to. But I mean, having recently, um, you know, been with a friend who is struggling with her own mental health issues, I can tell you that once you come out the other side, it's one thing. But when you're mm-hmm. in it, yes. as at least as I observed with her, the shame and the guilt and the sense of feeling weak is very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when you're in it, it's not. Yeah. That's not. That's not something no. that you want to talk about. And that. But the thing is, is that unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's when you're in it where yeah. you need to talk about it the most mm-hmm. to access help. Um, you know, there are people who delay help or for some it's too late because in the moment mm-hmm. they're not talking about it and they're not sharing and and then it leads to increased mystery for everybody else so yes. we draw our own conclusions so hey like what is she just like lazy is she sure. just distracted yeah. is she just like too in love with this guy to come to work yeah. is she not calling us back because you know she hates us and she doesn't want to be yes. friends with us anymore So we all like fill in that mystery Mm -hmm. with often terrible assumptions, right? So I think that it becomes this cycle where the more we talk about it, hopefully the more the people who are in it, in deep and in the dark place will be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it's as you said, when you were in it, you weren't talking about it. No. Um, But I guess, yeah, I guess my, my advice was more for people who've come out of it mm-hmm. because people who've come out of it and I think that's when you can start to share your stories and yes. that's where you see the trickle effect exactly what you were saying is then it can start to help the people that are fucking knee deep in it yeah um but for specifically for our writer like when you're going on a, out on a date and like getting back in the dating scene like that's nothing to be embarrassed about like you're no. on the other side of it and you can talk freely about it because yeah. it, it becomes who you are it becomes another interesting aspect yeah of your like your makeup yeah it is I mean, we, I don't know that like we're there or even close yet because I can hear conversations that I've contributed to where, you know, you're with a friend and they're telling you about this person and you're like, I don't know, that guy sounds a little crazy. Sure. You know, like, I don't know if you want to take that on. Yeah. 
Whereas like, I don't know if we would ever say that if someone said to you, I have diabetes. Oh, well, you would you be like, I'm not dating that person because yeah. they have diabetes. And it should be the same thing, like You're in right. what we're trying to get to. Yes. And I always think about this too, especially in my case, there's culture involved as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we in North America, even though we have a long way to go, I think we're still further ahead than people in other countries. Like I can't tell my mother, um, like, you know, one of the most frustrating things is like explaining to my mother, you know, she'll ask how a friend is or whatever. And I'll have to say, well, you know, she's going through depression and she has some anxiety and she's like, why (laughs) do they have a job? Right. What's there to be unhappy about? Why is, why do you have to be unhappy? And what's interesting, though, is my mother has had her own share of mental health. That's what I was going to say. She's been really sick physically, and that has affected her emotionally and mentally. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, tried to see a therapist, and she's gone into, like, rages and anxiety. And, like, if only she was part of a culture. Like, Chinese culture is behind on mental health awareness and understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if only she had the background and a community that allowed that. Yeah. Then it wouldn't be so fucking frustrating talking to her anyway. This is not a venting session. Okay. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, obviously when the time feels right to you and you will know, but at the same time, um, you know, we all collectively need to do our part to talk openly, openly about mental health. Agreed. Okay. Next question. Dear Sasha and Lainey, I have a friend who I love very much. She's amazing. We've been close for over two decades and there's nothing wrong with our friendship or relationship whatsoever. However, I want your take on something that I'm struggling with. As I mentioned, she's amazing. And with that amazingness, she's always volunteering her time or doing activities for charities, riding for cancer, basketball games for heart disease, sleeping outside for the homeless, marathon for AIDS, HIV awareness, the list goes on. She can sometimes be doing two events a month. And if you multiply that by 12 months, It's a lot, but mostly a lot on my paycheck. I want to support her, but I also feel obligated to support her. But I'm a single mother, and $100 a month almost every month is a lot for me. Yeah, it adds up. Wow. Like it's a lot for fucking anybody. So my question is, how do I support her without going broke? Thank you, V. Uh, Yeah, that's a lot of money. I have my best friend, Adam is exactly like this amazing friend of our writers. Um, He does something all the time. And I get an email in my inbox all the time being like, I'm doing this. Press here to donate. Um, And I've talked to him about it before. (laughs) And what's so great, because he's so amazing, is he would never, ever put the pressure on me to be donating to all of his extracurricular charity activities. Right. Um, So I I feel like... I, I don't think our writer should necessarily talk to her friend about it, but I don't think she needs to be donating every time her friend does something, you yeah. know, like uh, that, that shouldn't be expected from her. No. And I, I don't think it's expected from her. No, I don't, I don't know that it's expected from her. And I don't know that it's wrong of her to set up these fundraising pages. That's what she's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly then about how V is reacting. It's like, to me, this is on you. Yeah. Like, don't feel like there's some guilt. Yeah. Like, she's not doing it on purpose. She's like, let me enter this marathon so that V can, like, <laughs> go broke, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like that. She's amazing. Um, so there's nothing from, like, the friend's perspective that I would want to change. Yes. 
but it's your um your attitude and your your approach to it that has to change. I think you have to remove the guilt. Yeah. It's so self-imposed. And Which I get, but I get it, right? She wants to support her friend and she feels bad if yeah. she doesn't support her friend. Yeah. Um, so I would say to V, like, in a year, a lot, how much you want to spend to this chick. And if it works out to being like $10 a cause, then you just donate $10 a cause. Or fuck that. And if there's one that speaks to you the most, if it's like, if cancer is something that's really important to you because you've had that in your family or whatever, then just donate to that. Mm-hmm. Like, drop that lump sum in there. Yeah. But fuck, I wouldn't even be paying 100 bucks a month. Like, I would just, like… Like, 200 bucks for the whole entire fucking year is all I would spend for my best friend. Well, and if you can. Like, I think that that's like, you know, that's something you've learned to let go, right? But this is definitely an issue that, to me, is related to, like, women carry this guilt of mm-hmm. like, oh, I haven't, I don't know, I haven't, um, I often hear from my friends and from women I meet, I haven't, you know, cooked at home enough this week. And I have yeah. Oh. And there are women out there who, like, especially with, like, when it becomes, like, w- especially when it comes to supporting and doing things that mm-hmm. are assigned to them, yes. I'm saying this in quotation marks, you know, I haven't taken my kid to the park enough. I feel bad. Am, am I, like, you know, am I not contributing as much as a mom? Am I not being a good enough friend because... I haven't contributed enough to my my friend's fundraising and biking and riding and whatever. Like, I really, really, I mean, Yasik's going to roll his eyes, but I really, really feel that men don't feel that way. That it's primarily like, you know, and it's not a knock on men. I don't men. know, ask, is, there, is that a nod yes or a nod no? Because someone even asked, they were like, can we get more, like, guy input? Like, what does Yasik have to say about things like that? So are you nodding yes or nodding no? Okay. He said, <laughs> no, so what he said was generally, yes, women do feel that, like, stronger in that yeah. way. He says it's maybe, a, like, he's a stretch, say, all men, but yeah. I would say predominantly, okay. you know, it is a thing about women that we put this pressure on ourselves to, like, you know, do everything, be do everything, everything and then, mm-hmm. or… And listen, I'm stretching in in other areas right now, but I believe that it's rooted in the same thing. So like writing thank you notes. Yes. And we've talked about that before. Right? Too. Yeah. And it's it's all of that. Yes. To me, I do think that like generally for the most part, it slides off men easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think that I don't think that your friend would hold it against you, no. as you said, Sash. So, V, I think that you have to let yourself go on it. I think that it's work you have to do on on your part. Yeah. The expectation has been put on herself by herself. So, yeah, like release yourself of that and and do what you are capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm your friend, I – and she's this amazing person who you've – and you've used the word amazing so many times. If she's that amazing, then your friend is keenly aware of the fact that you are a single mom mm-hmm. and you have your, you know, you have the shit that you have to hold down. So I would, I would never, I don't think that you have a friend who would actually be like, well, why is V like fucking yeah. cheaping out on me yeah. now? Like fucking tight ass yeah. and whatever. I, I honestly can't see that happens happening. And that's the reason why V, I think this is on you. You, and other women out there, I kind of have to let it go a bit. I agree. 
So that wraps it up for us. Um, thank you so much for your letters and keep them coming to me at yep. Sasha at LaneyGossip.com. And keep uh, listening to us on iTunes and on Google Play and leave comments. Um, and yeah. We'll see you uh, next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.